0: Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday morning service held on March 5th, 2023. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please visit our website at www.stjamesleith.org.uk. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast using your app of choice, the details are on the Communal Worship page of our website. Good morning everybody and uh, welcome to the second Sunday in Lent, welcome to all those at home who are joining us uh, in our worship. We look forward later, Sally's going to give us a reflection. A special welcome to Bernadetta who's uh, from the L'Arche community and during our notices is going to talk a, a little bit about LASH and, and volunteering later on. So it's a warm welcome to you this morning. Before we start, uh, we light our candle. Carol's going to say something a little about this magnificent sculpture that uh, you've been put to and the ongoing visuals over Lent. So.
1: Thanks, Ian. Good morning. Um, so yes, this sort of appeared. I didn't really have a big plan, but um, it was great that uh, two of the young boys, or so three of them, brought in that big branch last week, and it was just perfect for hanging all our prayers on, which if you weren't here last week, um, During the prayers, we took the broken branches and bound them um, with um, cloth as um, binding, as bandage, as wrapping um, for our prayers. And um, you're welcome to do that during the prayers this week as well. I don't know who's leading the prayers, didn't check that. But it won't be led in that way. But if it was helpful for you last week just to do that action, you're welcome to do that and we'll add them um, week by week. Um, to the, the sculpture, which we've taken the words down from Advent, which were rooted, grounded, and established in love. Um, but I'd like to feel that that's sort of an abstract sense of the rooted, <coughs> grounded, and established in love with our tree theme sort of carrying on. And just on the walls, you'll see they're gradually changing a little bit. We had the, the plain cloth last week. And again, we invited people, and we'll continue to invite you each week, to take a piece of cloth home. You can cut or tear a bit off. We can cut a bit off for you if you like, or if you've got a bit of cloth at home. And add just these um, fragments, these coloured fragments, so that we change the sort of slightly scabby, torn, leftover cloth into beautiful pieces. And so that our space will flourish, and we'll see what we've got and how we put them together um, as we go on through Lent. Thank you.
0: So let's start our service with a moment's quiet and invite those people at home to light their candles as a symbol of their worship being connected to ours in Christ. Come home to yourself and to each other. May all that is unfree in you and between any of us be released. And may you and we blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Amen.
2: I'm going to sing it around, yeah. sing it through once, and then I'll just invite you up. Mm-hmm.
3: The Gospel is taken from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. Glory Glory to to Christ Christ our Saviour. There was a man named Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees. He was an important Jewish leader. One night he came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. No one can do these miraculous signs that you do unless they have God's help. Jesus answered, I assure you, everyone must be born again. Anyone who is not born again cannot be in God's kingdom. Nicodemus said, well, how can a man who is already old be born again? Can he go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? Jesus answered, believe me when I say that everyone must be born from water and the spirit. Anyone who is not born from water and the spirit cannot enter God's kingdom. The only life people get from their human parents is physical, but the new life that the spirit gives a person is spiritual. Don't be surprised that I told you you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants to. You hear it, but you don't know where it is coming from or where it is going. It is the same with everyone who was born of the Spirit. Nicodemus asked, how is all this possible? Jesus said, you're an important teacher of Israel, and you still don't understand these things? The truth is, we talk about what we know. We tell about what we have seen. But you people don't accept what we tell you. I have told you about things here on earth, but you do not believe me. So I'm sure you will not believe me if I tell you of heavenly things. The only one who has ever gone up to heaven is the one who came down from heaven, the son of man. Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. It is the same with the son of man. He must be lifted up too. Then everyone who believes in him can have eternal life. Yes, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him would not be lost but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world. He did not send him to judge the world guilty. But to save the world through him this is the gospel good news for all
4: praise to you o christ
3: being born
5: again this is an idea which some of us might have some difficult um connections or or things that come up for us when we hear it when i was a little girl wasn't a difficult or a negative thing, but born-again Christians were a a different kind of Christian who you only really saw on telly. I didn't know any in real life. The main born-again Christian was Cliff Richard. Um, And, um, you know, I'm sure he's great, but he never seemed particularly relevant to me. It wasn't something I was connected with. And some of us um, in later life might also have encountered situations where particular Christian groups required us to say a formula of words. You know, you have to say certain things. Um, and that, that can feel uncomfortable. I know personally it's something I sort of always want to rebel against. And this idea that being born again is something that you must say rather than perhaps experience. So I wanted to try and get past that today and think of what the experience might actually evolve, and um, in terms of this conversion that we've been thinking about, this constant conversion that might come round again and again in our lives, and um, something that many of us might feel we need in different ways, and might be about quite specific things. Last night some of us were at the well, and one of the gentlemen was speaking, and he said it was his birthday. And he explained that he had two birthdays, like the queen he said, because um, he had his belly button birthday, which I really like that expression. And he also had his AA birthday. So he had the mark of that big change in his life where he was living freely, living without addiction, living, handing over his life to the care of his higher power. And that that was, you know, that was such a big change. It was worthy of marking as a birthday in that way. Some of us might be like Abraham, experiencing the call to move away from our father's house. Some of us, when we met for the open space, were thinking about the idea of our parents. And I'm not going to share anything that came up, but I think it's interesting to notice that how we... How we relate to our parents, you know, we honor our father and mother, but that might mean respecting the relationship, or recognizing that it's different, difficult, or that there's things we need to forgive and move on from, so we may be experiencing a sort of new birth and a new start in that way. A couple of weeks ago, I was sat in the church here next to um, a wee baby, they're not here today, um, and um, I don't want you to think I was just looking at a baby and not really listening to anything else, but <laughs> That's probably exactly what was happening. So I was thinking maybe I could look at this baby and think about what this rebirth and this being born again might mean for all of us. And so that's what I was gonna do today. And first of all, I thought about actually being born. None of us remember being born. Some of us have the privilege of having given birth or witnessing other people give birth. And I was thinking it's not at all a sort of serene and straightforward process. (laughs) It involves a lot of pain and uh, mess and swearing, which perhaps perhaps our rebirth the second time round might involve too. And also it's something that couldn't be completely different for different people. It can last different amounts of time and it can't be planned. Any of us who did those filling in those folders about wanting to drink herbal tea and listen to Leonard Cohen or whatever and <laughs> to have it thrown out as soon as we got to hospital, we'll know that. So it can't be planned. We don't know how long it's going to take. Um, and so that's possibly relevant. But I also, I, absorbed, I observed some things about the baby, which I thought um, might be relevant too. So the first thing I noticed about the baby was that it was small. The baby was babies are small and they're incredibly vulnerable. And first of all, I thought powerless, and then I realized it was something that for me is even worse, than more terrifying than powerless. They are completely dependent on others. They are totally dependent on other people for, for what they need. They can't get what they need at all. And that smallness and that vulnerability I certainly something I find very scary and, and interesting to think that perhaps we need to be open and vulnerable in that way. Uh, secondly, second thing I notice is they cry, babies cry, um, and they're completely in touch, aren't they, with their instincts. They're all instinct, and they know when something is wrong, and they communicate it. And... Um, yeah, I think maybe we we do need to cry more. You know, maybe um there's something to be said where we learn as we get older not to do that. But this saying something's wrong, you know, I think babies they have a vocabulary of one, don't they? It's not okay. It's not okay. That's all they can say. And our son actually, he spoke very early and um one of the first things he said was not fine. That's one of his and um, it's one of his first phrases, and I, I was wondering, you know, maybe we, you know, there's an awful lot in the world that is not fine and um, not okay, and maybe we've lost touch with that. Maybe, maybe we need to connect a little more with, um, with expressing, with crying out, with saying what's wrong, and when we feel things are wrong. Um, third thing I noticed about babies is they achieve nothing. They achieve absolutely nothing at all they don't do things um, and uh, what they do is they rest and they grow and they absorb love and i wondered if maybe you know that's something we could all be learning from too and learning to experience you know um that just growing maybe there's time for just growing there's time for digesting there's time for just absorbing love and absorbing the the feelings of other people and maybe that's something in our relationship with God as well maybe there are, there are times for just absorbing God's love and I think that's I think that's very challenging not just because practically obviously if we're ground to a halt a bit if we all just rested and absorbed love all day but um but also because we We are so, as we grow up, concerned with the um, opinions of others, with what we can achieve, with how we measure things. And, of course, we know it's not how God measures things, and maybe we could get in touch a little bit more with that. But there's a real vulnerability in that. There's a real vulnerability in not achieving and not having things measured in that way. And there's nobody really who writes, I think, better about vulnerability than Henry Nouwen. And um, Henry Nowen writes about his experience of a huge conversion um, in this lovely book, um, Adam, God's Beloved. And Henry Nowen is, goes to care for a man called Adam who is physically very vulnerable, who needs everything physically done for him, and the experience, the effect this has on Henry is huge. Um, and I thought I would share some of, some of what, what Henry learned. Uh, this is about Adam. He simply lived and by his life invited me to receive his unique gift, wrapped in weakness but given for my transformation. While I tended to worry about what I did and how much I could produce, Adam was announcing to me that being is more important than doing. While I was preoccupied with the way I was talked about or written about, Adam was quietly telling me that God's love is more important than the praise of people. While I was concerned about my individual accomplishments, Adam was reminding me that doing things together is more important than doing things alone. Adam couldn't produce anything, had no fame to be proud of, couldn't brag of any award or trophy, but by his very life, he was the most radical witness to the truth of our lives that I have ever encountered. Now, what happens to and is really interesting, and I feel it's relevant to what we're thinking about today, because he looks up to Adam, and Adam becomes his teacher and friend and leader. But what then happens to Henry Nouwen is it creates a crisis in Henry because what he feels is he's become dependent on Adam. He needs him and he, he calls it a crisis and he, he can't handle it at all. So, um, so he says, he, he describes it as a crisis. I wasn't sleeping well, and I was preoccupied by a friendship that had seemed life-giving, but had gradually become suffocating for me. It was as if the planks that had covered my emotional abyss had been taken away, and I was looking into a canyon full of wild animals waiting to devour me. I found myself overwhelmed by intense feelings of abandonment, rejection, neediness, dependence, and despair." So it's it's a real massive crisis and a sort of breakdown um, I suppose again like that rebirth it was a is an uncomfortable it was an uncomfortable messy process um, but how it ends is you know eventually he gets through it and he says this as I lived through this emotional ordeal I realized that I was becoming like Adam he had nothing to be proud of neither had I he was completely empty so was I he needed full-time attention so did I I found myself resisting this becoming like Adam. I did not want to be dependent and weak. I did not want to be so needy. Somewhere though, I recognized that Adam's way, the way of radical vulnerability, was also the way of Jesus. During the months I spent away from the daybreak, I was able, with much guidance, to hear a soft and gentle inner voice saying, "'You are my beloved child.' On you, my favor rests. And it's this belovedness that I think we're called to encounter when we let ourselves be vulnerable. We are handing things over to a new parent, if you like, to someone who will care for us, who will meet our needs, who sees everything we're going for, and who we are completely, completely loved by. And, and I think this is something in this conversion that we're called to, this way that we're called to live. Um, people of the spirit, born of the spirit. Um, and we, if we do that, we can be with other people in their pain because we're not trying to fix it. We're just being there and knowing that it's God that's doing it and that we are there to just grow and digest and absorb. Thank you.
2: Um, As we're going to spend some time praying together now, if you would like to take a stick and some strips of cloth um, to help you in your prayers, please do, but there's no obligation at all. So in our prayers today, we're going to use a response from the psalm we sang earlier. So when I say, we lift up our eyes to the mountains, where does our help come from? If you would respond, our help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. So if we can just try that, we lift up our eyes to the mountains. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. let us take some moments to still ourselves before God now. Over these weeks of Lent, as we focus on the healing and care that you offer us, we each bring ourselves in all of our smallness and vulnerability to you. and we cry out to you that you would meet our deepest needs. Please help us to rest in you and to grow in our dependence on you. Lift our eyes to the mountains. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, maker of heaven creator of the earth. And now we bring people we know, maybe friends or family or neighbours or colleagues, with all of their vulnerabilities to you. We pray that they too, would know that they can cry out to you for what they need. We lift our eyes to the mountains. Where does our help come from? Our help help comes comes from you, you, maker maker of heaven, heaven, creator creator of the earth. We bring before you now people whom we don't know in other parts of the world, whose situation makes them very vulnerable We remember now people who are oppressed in Iran, in North Korea, in China, in Russia, in Ukraine, in other places we may know. We cry out to you on their behalf, asking that they too may know that you are always there for them. We lift our eyes to the mountains. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. We bring those impositions of power to you here in Scotland and the UK and throughout the world in these uncertain times. We pray that in being aware of their own vulnerabilities, those in power wouldn't seek to shore up their power in unhelpful ways, but would grow to recognize you as the one to whom they can cry out for help. We lift up our eyes to the mountains. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. And we bring before you your beautiful world in all of its vulnerability. We pray that in our stewardship of all that you have given us responsibility for, we would learn to bring your healing and care to your creation. we lift our eyes to the mountains. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, maker of heaven and earth. Amen.
0: Loving God, we thank you for your grace. We ask that you would continue to teach us how to be vulnerable and dependent on you. And as we feed on you this day, we pray that we too may be food fathers. Amen. Please stand for our final song.